This morning I'd like to take this time just to prepare you for this year coming up. We're now into it and we've had all the formal beginnings and now you're into the day-by-day, week-by-week management of life. And for some of you it's a whole new management of life. For some of you it's a management of life that you'd like to upgrade (laughs) from the past year. Probably every returning student would say, yeah, I'm thankful for how I did last year, but I'd like to do far better. And so we want to look at some very practical verses that I believe can be a great help to you. You know, it is wonderful to know that we can forget those things which are behind and reach forth unto those things which are before from Philippians 3. Reminds me of uh, how some European uh, cultures will celebrate the new year. In some villages in Scotland, barrels of tar set afire and and rolled through the streets signify the burning of the old year. Well, wish it was that easy, but uh, we don't want to burn the whole last year. In Italy, they have a custom, and that uh, uh, as midnight approaches on New Year's Eve, the streets are clear. There's no traffic, there are no pedestrians, even the policemen are nowhere to be found. The reason? At the stroke of 12, the windows of the houses fly open, and to the sound of laughter, music, and fireworks, each member of the family pitches out old crockery, detested ornaments, hated furniture, and a whole catalog (laughs) of personal possessions, which remind them of something of the past year, and are determined to wipe it out of their minds. Well, yeah, it's rather dramatic uh, a way to to do it. Uh, But let me say this, that we do find ourselves bound by the past and that we want to break. All that are not good habits and, and those things that are holding us back, we certainly want victory. And we do need to realize that every moment we have is precious. We don't know how long we have to live. Uh, We thankfully have not had a student go into eternity yet, but we certainly have had a graduate student go into eternity very unexpected a year ago summer. And no one would have thought that uh, dear Mr. Reamers would be with the Lord right now with that accident. And so we don't know. The rapture could occur. Life is uncertain. And uh, so every... Every day, every moment is precious. It was said but when Queen Elizabeth, that's the first of a couple of centuries back, several centuries back, of England was dying, she exclaimed, all my possessions for a moment of time. Well, time cannot even be bribed by a wealthy monarch. Time is a precious commodity, and it's one that we need to realize that God's right with us, and he will help us, and he will strengthen us, and uh, give us what we need if we will follow him. Remember, God lives in eternity. He is not bound by time. He is not limited by us. And remember, in you dwells the God of eternity. And so when we are yielded to the Spirit of God, we then can begin to look at life from a divine perspective instead of from a human perspective. And I'm telling you, that makes all the difference in the world. So turn with me, please, to Ephesians chapter 5. Very practical outworking of the great truths of the local church and of what God is doing in these days. I won't go in over any review of chapter 
before much of this will be covered. But um, here we find the um, admonition to take steps forward in our Christian life. Let's just take, for example, chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Be therefore followers of God as dear children. And here's the word, walk in love. As Christ also hath loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling favor. We're to walk in love. Our decision, our steps of could to be made in accordance with the of God Almighty himself. We're to be imitators. We are to be fully given to being like God, like Christ who gave himself for us. So that's one example right there. You find the word walk both in chapters 4 and 5, several occasions. And we're going to look at another one, and they're very, very important. Now, let me back up for a minute. This is uh, an important aspect of what I want to get across to you. Throughout this year and the next years ahead, you will have some times in which God will explode truth in your heart and life. I trust it's already happened. I trust during the meetings or <clears throat> during a class. By the way, did you know you can have revival in class? It's okay. We permit that. Okay, I want you to know that. Uh, we've had some, some classes in which God just mightily moved. And even your non-biblical classes will have biblical principles. And uh, so be awake spiritually. Now, this is a whole other message. But don't go through classes in the flesh. You paid too much to lose all that, okay? Uh, go through the classes by the power of the Spirit and get everything God wants you to get. It's not, I got to go to class. It's, I get to go to class. That's why you're here, right? I mean, you're not here for all the parties, are you? <laughs> by the way, we have a pretty good social life here, but not like University of Wisconsin at Madison and other places like that, but uh, uh, it's far better because we actually enjoy ourselves. But the point is we're here to grow and learn. Well, getting back to this matter of truth exploding, you're going to have some moments that God radically changes your life. Uh, I had several key times during college, and I know the history of the students that have been here, and I can just remember a chapel or a spiritual awakening conference or a victory conference or just something very unusual that God did in a church service and just turned students around and they got a hold of what it means uh, to live, for me to live as Christ. Uh, the whole Christ life became precious to them and, and uh, that will happen throughout the year and you'll have times when all of a sudden in your devotions, when you're, your hour with God, God meets with you and it's very much a step forward, more than a step forward, just a big movement forward in your life. However, if we look just to that, we're going to begin to get emotionally based and we're going to look for experience. I hate to tell you, not every day you're going to be on the highest level of being able to feel good about experience, okay? There will be days in which you will drag through the day. Now, I want to warn you, this is a practical session today. Okay, lots of stuff I want to cover here. It's still light outside in the evening. Isn't that wonderful? It does not stay that way. But just remember, we're not in Canada or in Alaska or Finland. I was in Finland and went to bed at 2 a.m. 
and it was as bright as noon almost there. Uh, I was there in the spring, and everybody's outside, and I'm dying now. And so we have the very, very heavy, the, they're in those hotels, totally closed. I mean, every little bit of light you can knock out because it's light all night, you know, there. We don't have that. But, you know, it gets a little discouraging in the in middle of December when it gets dark at 430 you know, that's bad. And then you get up and it's darkness. And uh, at least we don't live, I'm trying to help you realize this, this is not a, the worst place to live. We don't live on the border of Indiana. The light never comes in the winter. Hour, they're no different than us, but the, sun, the uh, light is one hour later in the morning, right? All of you in. Not bad at night. You get a little bit longer than us. but uh, uh, And so uh, we will face that. And if you're experience-oriented, you're in trouble. Okay. What I'm going to talk about today is very important. I would say, though, during the winter, get outside in the sunshine. You say, but it's 15 below, but it's still sunshine. Okay. So uh, we don't usually get that cold. Don't worry. You Southerners are already beginning to get nervous here. But... Uh, uh, actually, it's been pretty, pretty good over the last few years, but uh, get outside. You need some of that sun, and, and uh, you'll get tough, but do wear your coat, okay? But all right, get back to not being too practical here. But I wanna, what I want to talk about is walk. The Christian life is a walk, step by step by step. Hold your place here. A verse that you'll often hear me quote, but it is a very strategic verse. Just a few pages over to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 is this term walk. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. Right there. How did you receive Christ Jesus the Lord? By faith. Okay. So it wasn't necessarily a big experience with exploding fireworks and so forth. No, it was what? dependence upon the gospel. You accepted Christ and you asked him to save you by faith and you were saved. You're here today rejoicing in your salvation. It was simply a decision of faith. Remember, faith is always, uh, has an object and the object is the word of God, the specific truths of God's word. It's not just having faith, it's believing what the Bible says in specific areas. So as ye have received Christ Jesus the Lord, and you can understand that because you understand what it meant to be saved, so walk ye in him. So what's the key to the Christian life? Taking steps of faith, one after the other after the other. Now we never stay in one place. We either take steps of faith and we move more and more toward all that God wants for us. Or if we're in the flesh, we will have unbelief, we will have disobedience, we will have wrong reactions, and we're taking steps of unbelief the wrong direction. You never just stay right in the middle. That's why sometimes you're surprised with somebody that you saw God's hand on at one time when you knew them. Sometime later, they're not even close to that place of where they were. They took steps the opposite direction. And so the key to the Christian life isn't those massive moments of 
truth bursting. Those are really important. Those are great. It's wonderful when God meets with us. We need more of God meeting with us. But it's a step by step by step of every decision you make, every uh, uh, the uh, every action of the will should be by faith in what God says, not on, in what you want and in what you think. It needs to be a full dependence upon God. I know it's simple, but I'm telling you, this is where a lot of times we lose it right in the middle of a of a school year. You look back, man, I just was walking with God in October. Okay, it's January. You can still walk with God in January. Did you know that? It works out very well. He will be just as close to you. He will have just as much uh, blessing. You can walk forward and have victory just as much if you walk step by step. But you can't listen to your emotions. You can't let yourself ride uh, those kinds of experiences. All right, keeping that in mind then, I want to go down to our text, verse 15 of uh, chapter 5. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Much, much, much in those verses there. So we're to walk circumspectly. And what does, is that in contrast to in verse 15? Not as... Okay, this is sobering, folks. Today, you're either going to show wisdom and walk circumspectly, or you're going to act like a... Let's try that again. That was good. Today, you're going to walk circumspectly with great wisdom, or you're going to walk as a... Yeah, that doesn't... That's a bad contrast, isn't it? I look back and I think, oh, how many days was I a fool? You know, that's why Christians do dumb things. You look back over the last year, did you do some dumb things? You know, yeah, that was foolish. Well, it, this, the Bible's right down there where we live. It's one direction or the other. So we need to walk circumspectly. It's a... It, to not live like a fool is a matter of great importance. The word circumspect, we heard just even recently, uh, is, a, is to look carefully. You know, oftentimes uh, the fences that surround, like in South Africa or in Europe, uh, those big stone fences will have on the top barbed wire and glass sticking up and metal sticking up and, and to keep thieves from coming over. And then you see a cat up there. It's amazing. I am not a fan of cats, but I do admire ability to carefully uh, make their way along. But you know, they are walking very circumspectly. Now, let me warn you that um, we are in the season in which geese migrate to Canada. It's a beautiful sight, but we have way too many geese. You go up to the Horicon Marsh now in these uh, next weeks, and it's just like it's black uh, and gray with, uh, with Canadian geese. Well, they're fine. They're, their honk isn't that pleasant, but uh, I love seeing them fly. But when you're out walking, you have to walk circumspectly. I won't say anything else, but oh man, the other day my wife and I were walking and 
and uh, she'd have to go one way, I'd have to go another, and we're, we have a pond close by right there, and uh, it, was, it was not a good morning. And, uh, <laughs> and I try to keep my shoes at least decently in order. And uh, so, uh, so that's the idea of walking circumspectly. And, uh, and so we need to uh, be thinking properly and accurately. Now, fool doesn't know how to walk. In other words, a fool doesn't know what they need to look out for. A wise person is going to know what they need to avoid. You know, a fool will climb over that fence and cut themselves up. A wise person will realize, I can't climb that fence. I can't. There's no way in the world I can get over that without really hurting myself, right? And there's just facts. I don't know. Where do you get the facts? Right here. In other words, your own private time, your time of teaching, uh, the preaching, all the things that you have, all uh, truths that help you walk by faith, take those steps toward the goal of being what God wants you to be, and to protect you so that you don't act like a fool. You know, this is really your friend. No one here wants to be a fool, right? I hope not. Well, this is your escape hatch, if I could, and that's the wrong term. This is your protection from uh, living the life of a fool. And so we need to be very, very careful and, um, and understand. Now, why do we have to be so careful? Well, we're born fools. And uh, Romans 1.21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Little children, do they act foolish? They really do. And uh, they're cute. It's, oh, it's so good that little kids are cute. You know, if they weren't cute, uh, it, sometimes uh, their foolishness would be very, very hard to take, especially if they were big. Uh, but children are born in with sin, and so we are born foolish. That's why don't be surprised. I mean, the whole, for instance, the whole transgender situation, top scientists, top people that are not saved are saying, what are we doing? In fact, a lot of people are getting uh, absolutely canceled who are not believers at all. But they just have to be honest. This isn't reality. It's, it's foolishness. Well, that comes out of the way that we're born. That's, gets, if you don't have Christian principles, it's eventually going to go that way. 1 Corinthians 2.14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. Proverbs twelve fifteen: the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Proverbs 14, 9, fools make a mock of sin, but among the righteous there is favor. People that make light of sin, that's what happens when you come out and when you have the foolish nature that we're born with, but Christians when they're in the flesh. Will make light of sin. Ever had any Christian peers when you were growing up make light of sin? That's the way of the fool. Um, the spiritually self-sufficient fool makes his own rules, justifies his own behavior, and in doing so, he refuses to acknowledge sin and its consequences. And uh, fools have a tendency to want to spread their own thinking. Uh, social media. <laughs> Blogs. I mean, you could go 
I'm telling you, for every good one, there's a uh, hundred that are foolishness. And uh, you have that with the media. You have it all over the place. Proverbs 15, 2, the tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the fool, the mouth of fools, note this, poureth out foolishness. And we're living in a day of high level, not high level, but high amount of foolishness being spread. And that's why, folks, when you're not walking with God, one of the best things you can do is don't talk. Okay. And if you realize I'm, I'm I, you can get right in a moment, but if for, for some reason you're not where you ought to be, keep your mouth shut. Because when you are thinking foolishly, you're going to speak foolishly and you're going to tempt someone else in their sinful nature to act foolishly. Does that ever happen? Does it ever happen to BCM? Sure it does. And we just need to, if you can think biblically, you realize, you know, I don't need to, I don't need to go there. You know, a man who doesn't say anything, the proverb says in several places, is counted wise because he keeps his mouth shut. It's a good uh, rule of thumb. Don't spread uh, foolish thinking. And of course, there are, there are great consequences to foolishness. Uh, it's just tragic. The, the end of an unsaved person, of course, is hell. And, um, and so on and on uh, we could go. There are many, many verses on that. So instead, let's go back to our text here. See then that ye walk circumspectly, carefully. Each step should be carefully taken, not as a fool, which you are naturally in the flesh, uh, going to be without the Spirit of God, but as wise. We are to live according to wisdom. Now, young people, this is so simple. You've heard this all the way along. But to take steps that um, will move you in the right direction, you must have wisdom. And what is the beginning of wisdom? The fear of God. The fear of God. That's the opposite of being a fool. The fear of God. The reverence for God. The understanding of who he is. You see, young people, when you spend some time with the Lord in the morning and God gets a hold of your heart as to who he is and the greatness of his attributes and you realize what he's done and, and you see life uh, clearly as you go through the day and the temptation to think foolishly and act foolishly is there, the fear of God and the realization of who he is will stop you from doing that. And you can back up. Learn, praying without ceasing is not an ideal that is something that uh, is impossible for us to have. It's simply being in the Spirit of God, controlled by Him, so that you're constantly going to Him and talking to Him throughout a day. Uh, and that's a, that'll be based upon having a good time with the Lord in the morning. But you just need to talk with Him. And I do encourage you, by the way, after every hour of class that you have, as you take a little bit of a break, take a minute and just stop and talk to the Lord. Take a big breath. Relax a little bit. Thank God for what he's doing for you. Maybe under stress because you just got the assignment sheet or you just had a quiz that was foolish. <laughs> uh, but uh, something didn't go right. Stop. And, and, and if you can learn, that's one, things, one of the things that's really been key for me is just pace throughout the day. Keep in tune with the Lord. Keep in tune with the Lord because he cares. He's got great power. He will help you. And so... 
Um, the fear of God, the realization of who he is. And of course, the word of God, 2 Timothy 3.15, we know that verse well, but let me give it again. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And um, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to have the truth of the word of God. We talked about walk. Okay, you want to walk toward the will of God. You want your life to be used every moment God can use it. You can be in the will of God. And just like a lantern in the dark or uh, back in the old days, uh, not like a flashlight with a big beam ahead of you, uh, you, when you, have, when you walk with a lantern, you have enough light for the next step, enough light for the next step, enough light for the next step. Um, and that's, that's the importance of just constantly being in the Word and growing in knowledge. So that's why you're here. You're in a really good spot to be able to stay on the right pathway and to be able to walk uh, circumspectly. All right, then uh, how do Christians um, act like a fool? Do we ever act like a fool? Well, I hate to say it, I have. The first way a believer plays the fool is by not believing God completely. You believe God for salvation, but you don't continue to believe Him for everything else. Oh, don't, doesn't it make you sad when you talk to somebody about salvation and they just are bent on doing it themselves and you leave there thinking, oh my, if they don't turn to the Lord, this is tragic. And I'm telling you, I felt the same thing with Christians. You can just tell. They're just dependent on myself. I don't have to believe God here. Or I don't have to do it this way. And I'm thinking, you depend upon yourself. You, have, you are just building up corruption in your life, as Galatians chapter 6 talks about. Luke 24, 25, And he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. A believer also plays the fool when he is just simply disobedient. So simple. I told you this is basic here, but this is really where it's at. It's going to be the same issue you face in December, the same issue you face in February. God shows you something, and you know that you're violating it, and it's clear. The fool says, I'm not going to do it, or I'm not going to deal with it. The wise man takes a step of faith and says, all right, I will deal with it. I'll get rid of that. I shouldn't have done that. I'll confess that. Um, I will call my parents. I haven't called them like I should. Or I need to tell my parents something or uh, whatever it may be. The Lord may may say, I want you to uh, go out and just hand out tracts for a half hour. God put that in your heart. You need to obey that. Uh, Whatever it is, just have that heart to obey moment by moment. And I'm telling you, you'll end a day, you'll end a week, and you realize, ah, this is wonderful. Good things have happened. may not be easy, but you have grown. But the minute we get stubborn, we won't do what God wants. We swallow in how we feel. Remember those feelings. That's when we get into trouble. Believers also play the fool when they put their hearts on the wrong things. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a stare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. One of the things that I've grieved about, about your generation that has come out of Bible-believing churches, 
is the striving for success and for monetary gain. I know there's a lot of concern, you know, about our economy and all, but honestly, for it was in my era, but it's become more and more the thing. With, the, with 8 billion people and with, I don't know what, the thousands of young people coming out of good churches, do you not think that the vast majority of those young people God's going to put his finger on to be used mightily around the world? Of course. And yet it's amazing the arguments we can make. Well, I'll serve the Lord, but down deep, I want to be this, or I want this profession, or I want to have this. And it really can sometimes even be a subtle thing. I thought the message Wednesday night of last week, a week ago, was really important, where it's, I'm yours, Lord, period. Do with me whatever you want to do. That's a wise person. And let me just say, you'll have everything you need, and you will have a life that will be you're the most successful businessman in the world. You live for Christ. There's nothing like it. It's just beyond, beyond what you expect. To be able to invest your life in other people and be able to know the will of God and commune with Him. But a fool uh, has that kind of an attitude. So walk circumspectly. Now we have the admonition to redeem the time. It all goes one upon the other here. Verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. It means to make the most of. That's the basic meaning. It's in the middle voice indicating that we're to buy up the time for ourselves, for the use of God's work. In other words, we are to redeem our time, not waste it on foolishness, on the way of a fool, but, but to use it in the wisest way possible. That all goes together there. We only have so much time. And... Young people, if you can learn this, it will stand you in great stead. You'll hear it and hear it and hear it. Think you're busy now. It doesn't compare to what will be later. Okay? Now is the time to learn how to walk specially so that you can make the best use of the time that you, you had. Suppose that something worked out to where you had placed into your bank account every, uh, each day $86,400. $86, that wouldn't be bad, would it? You wouldn't mind that. But the only catch is you have to spend it that day because the next morning uh, all that was not spent is gone and you start again the, the next day with uh, $86,400. Uh, that would be an interesting thing. Sounds like the government. You got to, it was really interesting in that school board meeting the other night. They have 800000 more left of the COVID money, and they promised to make sure that they would spend it by the end of the year. I just said, that's government to the core. But anyway, if it was where you had to spend it, would you spend it? You have 86,400 minutes. I mean, um, in your life. Uh, second, excuse me, yeah, minutes, that'd be something, it'd be a long day. But every morning credits you with 86,400 seconds. Each night it goes back to zero, and, and uh, how did you spend it? Did you buy it back? Did you use it for God? 
And, uh, and so the, the wise person, not the foolish person, realizes that every moment counts. Now, I'm not going to go into time management here, folks, but there are times we need to have relaxation. There are times we need recreation. There is time for fellowship, but it needs to be God-led and planned for, not uh, just because we're doing what we want to do. See, the way of the fool gives in to how you feel. Someone who is walking circumspectly realizes, I've got to have my time with the Lord. I've got to be sure that my responsibilities are covered. I've got to develop in, in every area of my life. I can do things better than I'm doing them. And by God's grace, I want to learn how to do that. And I don't want to waste my time. And I need to have the right priorities. And in all of that, you'll realize, yes, I need to exercise. Yes, I need to take some time as a break. Yes, I need to do this. But this will be after you prayed and planned and you've got freedom from the Lord to do it. By the way, did you know that um, goofing off is the way of a fool? Refreshing fellowship, recreation, relaxation is the wise man when led by God. And uh, Sabbath principle, by the way, it's important. Paul has a great message on that where it's a very important concept. And, uh, but that needs to be led by the Lord. So if you just cave in and just got to veg out and, you know, and, and uh, just constantly um, do something else other than what you ought to do, you're going to live with anxiety, pressure, and it's, this, it's not, it's very foolish. And you will not be able to gain all that God wanted you to do. So, by the way, this is not... If we, if we look at verses 15, 16, and 17 here, this is not the Lord's thing. I'm giving you some good advice. You can take it whether you like it or not, or if you like it or if you don't like it. No, this is a command from Scripture. Don't be a fool. Be wise. Walk circumspectly. Redeem the time. Now, here's what I want to challenge you, young people. What's the last part of that verse? Because... The days are evil. They were evil back then, but folks, they are evil today. I have to say that I very much appreciate, in these last several years, the seriousness of many in our student body. I have appreciated the fact that you realize that these days uh, are interesting days. They're, they're sobering, especially during that COVID time. That was very sobering, but it's worse now than it was then. And, and so you need to redeem the time, make the best use of it, because the days are evil and there's much that God wants you to do. You're his servant. Remember, you're going to have all of eternity, I mean, to have a great time, okay, without any uh, things that will hold you back because we won't have the sin principle in us anymore. It'll be a wonderful time. And so this is the time in which we have to give ourselves... Um, completely to the work of the Lord. The days are evil. And um, the Apostle Paul really thought the Lord could come during his time. And he wanted to make the most of the time. So uh, many of you returning students would say, oh, there's a lot of wasted time last year. And yet you felt pressured. And I don't have enough time. But then the problem was there's wasted time. One statement that I make whenever I'm dealing with time management is there is always enough time to do the will of God. 
And I want you to say that with me. I, I have that repeated because that's something I'd like to burn into your mind. There is always enough time to do the will of God. What's the key on that? To know the will of God. Let's say it one more time. There is always enough time to do the will of God. There is. Believe me, there is. And uh, it seems like duties conflict, but they don't. God will give you God will direct your path, but I'm telling you, when you're not walking with God, and you're walking in the flesh, and the Spirit of God is not in control, you're resisting Him, and you're actually walking in the way of the fool, you're going to get plowed under with all the stuff you have to do. And not have that sense of confidence and rest in the Lord that He is going to make it work. Uh, how many times have we all heard the testimonies in here? I can't believe, but it all worked out. <laughs> I've, heard that, I've heard that hundreds and thousands of times, probably, since we the college. And that's how our sovereign God works when you're walking with him. So we need to understand then the will of God. Verse 17, wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. For we need to know the foolish way. This word here, uh, uh, that word unwise is a stronger word than the one in verse 15. It, it said it's, it could be translated stupid imprudence or senseless folly. Okay. Well, I think uh, it's, it says don't be, I don't ever let my kids say it, stupid, but I'm going to say it. But know what the will of God is. Honestly, for a Christian that has the word of God, the spirit of God, it's stupid to go your own way. Don't make sure that's not recorded, <laughs> the stupid part. But that's what it's saying. I mean, it's senseless. It makes no sense. You have everything you need to know exactly what's the best way to live. And we just get going. And, uh, and so let's don't be unwise. But we need to understand what the, the will of the Lord is. We need to concentrate on that. Uh, follow God's leading uh, R.A. Torrey said, step by step, and you will find his way. It is promised. You will understand his uh, direction. He'll never let you down. He's promised, as James 1 says, to give you wisdom. And let me just end. The real answer to all of this is verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine. We're into success. Ever wonder, why is that in there? That's how people cope with life. As a fool. Don't face life. Don't get God's mind. Are overcome by emotions. Heading down the wrong trail. Instead of turning to God, they got to turn to something. It may not be, it may not be drink. It could be drugs, prescription drugs. It could be a cappuccino. Um, oops. Uh, it could be. Uh, I know some of you. Uh, you notice we don't have vending machines everywhere here. That's on purpose for you. Don't waste a bunch of money on your moments of coping. All right. I know how that you used to have a refrigerator to go to. I, I know how that goes. My, my coping mechanism as a kid was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. If I was hurting, I got a, boy, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Even today, that just, that makes the dopamine level go up, you know. <laughs> and it, it causes my weight level to go up also. But anyway, uh, we, won't, we won't do that. But. It's, it's not facing life. And uh, don't be drunk with wine. That's totally foolish. You ever seen a drunk person? Ever tried to talk to him? That's the epitome of a fool. 
but be filled with the Spirit. Let him control you. He'll open up the word. He'll give you the right desires. He'll give you the danger signals of this way and the direction for this way. He'll give you the strength to take that step of faith. He'll give you the grace to empower you to do what you cannot do. The Spirit of God is your companion. You've got God. So I want you to remember that. Now, don't look for the big experience. You may have some explosive times when God really works with you. Praise the Lord. But the Christian life is in the trenches. Walk step by step by step in the power of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, walk in the Spirit, or 6, uh, 5, excuse me. Walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Let him take your life. Stay steady. And the minute you sense yourself thinking foolishly and acting foolishly, you need to grab a friend and say, I'm a fool right now. Hit me upside the head. Now, that's not exactly probably the best way to do it, but that's about what you need to do. Say, I'm stopping. This is ridiculous. I've got to turn around and get back going with God. Every day, every hour, every minute, you can redeem the time. And you can be steady. That's maturity. That's what God wants you to be. What we want you to be. And so as all these trials of challenges come your way, realize all of this is for you to learn that you can walk in the Spirit and not be a fool.